And today, Stephen's going to take a look at what happens to your money afterwards, inheritance issues when there are mixed families, yours, mine and ours. Warwick Gilbertson will join us, inheritance rights, and we'll also have a market update with Henry Jennings and take a look at the general market situation, find out what's happening with currencies and commodities. Thursday Finance, Stephen Pritchard. What's happening uh, with gold? We always start with gold. We always start with gold because it's at the top of the list. Top of the list, let's do it. We can move the list if you want. (laughs) Um, So the gold gold was up uh, 54 cents on the week to to $2,704.14. So no real change there. Um, Everything else is basically down everywhere. Um, The crude oil price was down $3.26 a barrel to $55.34. The currencies, the Australian dollars down across the board, uh, 70.47 US cents. Um, the Great British Pound, we're 54.20 pence. And the Euro, we were 60 Euro cents, uh, mm-hmm. exactly. So um, currency's falling. Yeah. Uh, the All Ordinaries the, the all ordinaries market was down 231.9 on the week to 6,151. Mm-hmm. And judging by all the red that I had a quick look at on the way out, it's down again this morning. Okay. Um, uh, the S&P 500 was down 182.5 to 3,271 um, points. And the UK... The, the UK... The, yeah. UK index. The UK. He's studying his form guide. Yeah, the line's gone out. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. So the UK, the UK was five thousand five hundred eighty-two point point eight. Somehow the line's got out of alignment. Yeah. So that was that was down on the week as well. So all the world equity markets was down. We're all a bit poorer. And what uh, about the stocks? Local stocks like that like oh, stocks that local people tend to like. Um, BHP was down two dollars fifty-one to thirty-three dollars and ninety-seven. Uh, CBA was down a dollar forty-two to sixty-seven dollars ninety. Ninety-one. Uh, NIB was down eighteen cents to four twenty-five, and Telstra was down eight cents to two dollars sixty-seven. So Telstra continues to drift. Dripping down. Um, the fuel price was up eleven cents a litre in Newcastle, dollar twenty-nine point three for unleaded. Sydney was a down eleven cents, a dollar eighteen point six, and the diesel price in Newcastle was a dollar nineteen point six and a dollar fourteen point eight. So I was just thinking. Um, someone reminded me yesterday that the. Uh, not only is the Melbourne Cup on yes. on uh, Tuesday, but the US elections are on. Also on Tuesday. Yes, so I'm wondering well, whether the market's going to have a wild ride like last time the US was <laughs> elections was on up and down. And, and I wonder if there'll anyone be actually watching the market when the Melbourne Cup's on. It is Thursday Finance on 2NURFM and it's time for our market update with Henry Jennings from uh, the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. And, uh, well, the market's not looking so good, Stephen Pritchard, so uh, let's find out why with Henry. Oh, well, there's a few things happening, though. Um, there's a few... <laughs> few uh, ca- there's an offer for Coca-Cola um, 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 by Coca-Cola European Partners um, at, at $12 a share, isn't there, Henry? There is indeed. Hi, Stephen. How are Hi. you? Hi. Uh, good, Henry. Good. That's good. good. Well, we're all... Red. I predicted red when I walked out. Uh, we we did have a, we're having a few wobbles at the moment. I guess some pre-election jitters creeping in in terms of the U.S. election, and that um, I guess some of the surge in uh, Trump in the last few days. 
just giving people pause for thought about that supposed blue wave that we're going to see with with Biden and the Democrats sweeping across the board may not be uh, may not be happening. But anyway, as we you rightly say, last time we heard all that last time. We've seen it with Brexit. We've seen it with Scott Morrison and the coalition. We saw it with Hillary and and Trump. So um, polls can be very wrong, and um, it's it's certainly going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people thought. And it's going to also be a lot more um, disruptive in terms of the Supreme Court of the U.S., which could play a big part again, like it did in 2000 when uh, George W. got over the line. But anyway, as you say, there's plenty going on out there. And you're right, Coca-Cola, Amatil, has been uh, bid for by the European uh, bottling plant people. So Coca-Cola is owned... Amatil is owned around 30% by um, the big Coke company in the US, and it licenses and has shareholdings in a variety of, of I guess, they're almost franchisees around the world and lets them uh, bottle and, and sell and distribute their brands. So um, this is an interesting one. European partners making a bid. It seems that Alison Watkins and the board of Coke have done a pretty good deal trying to get as much money as they can out of uh, the European partners' business. So that, that is a positive, and of course it doesn't, um, doesn't hurt the market as well. And the trading update was relatively good. They're trading below the offer price. The offer price was $12.75, uh, and they're currently trading at $12.42. So there's a little bit of fat in there if you wanted to play that. And the, the offer they're giving to the Coca-Cola company is uh, significantly below the 12.75 they're giving to shareholders. So, interesting move, and I guess uh, there's always this sort of expansion of territories for a, for a Coke franchisee, and there's also um, that sort of the synergies that are involved in putting two and two together and hopefully coming up with five, which I'd imagine is um, what they're after. That gives you a profit, does it? Well, hopefully. Well, it do. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Many, many companies put two and two together and come up with three. Like Burrell. Like Borrell. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, another takeover over at Link Administration. Um, uh, they're going to let them have non-exclusive access to their books. Do you think there's going to be any other bidders come out of the woodwork for this thing? I don't know. I mean, private equity is, is bidding for this one, and private equity is a voracious beast. It has a large and hungry appetite. It needs to put its money to work to uh, ensure that it gets those returns that the investors in private equity are looking for. So it is quite possible that we will see uh, some sort of other uh, bid come forward. You never know your luck in a big city, but as usual with these things, it's non-binding, indicative, all those sorts of, uh, all those sorts of things. And of course, uh, the link guys are certainly holding out for more. $5.40 is the price that they are uh, touting. But uh, and the stock's trading at four dollars seventy. So that, again, there's a nice big fat profit margin there if you're willing to take the risk. And of course, Link are trying their best to. Uh, they're looking at floating off one of their business Pexa to try and extrapolate as much value as they can from uh, the company. But at the moment, you'd have to say that um, these guys, the private equity guys, are in the box seat. But the price doesn't reflect it. Yeah, uh, the interesting. Um, you mentioned Pexa. I'm starting to see some settlement statements from clients now that are that are on Pexa, mm. and the fees on that are quite extraordinary. 
The Pickford. You say that with surprise in your voice, Stephen. Well, I thought it was supposed to save money. <laughs> I can't say it's saving any money. <laughs> you're saying that with a surprise yeah. in your voice. I, I can't believe you, you've, you've, you're surprised that well, the fees go up. Yeah, well, I'll, but some of them are large, very large. Yeah. 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 Well, you'd, you'd probably have to talk to the ASIC deputy chair about some of the fees that he was paying and some of the others. Oh, but, some of the fees they're charging down there is outrageous. Yeah, well, I guess if someone else is paying, you're happy to pay the charge. Yeah. Thursday Finance, and we're in the midst of our market update with Henry Jennings, Stephen Pritchard. Ah, and then um, um, two plus two equals what, one at Borrell or something. Anyhow, um, So now um, Stokes is in there, is pushing to uh, unwind the US acquisition, um, mm. and Citigroup's come out and said it might be worth up to $2 billion, but didn't they pay a lot more than that? Yeah, they paid about three and a half. Yeah, yeah, well. US. Yeah. Yeah, US, yes, he said to me, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's certainly been a um, company maker, yeah. as they say. Yes. That was certainly what it was touted at the time from yes. Mike Kane, the CEO, who's no longer with Borrell, but it was going to be the company maker, the yes. fly business in the US. Uh, they've just um, sold another one of their businesses, uh, and they've got a joint venture in for the USG business uh, with Calf uh, for a billion bucks. That takes does take a bit of the pressure off them at the moment, but they are pushing ahead, I think, with the uh, strategic review. And, of course, part of that strategic review is what to do about their troublesome child in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. whether to um, sell it as a trade, whether to, to demerge it. Well, that was probably one option, or maybe even IPO it. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it certainly is not going to get the value that they paid for the business um, two or three years ago. No surprise. And no, then, no, it isn't really, is it? And then um, certain parts of the the market are pushing. So at the moment, uh, companies can have virtual AGMs instead of um, mm. instead of uh, you know shareholders rolling up and asking sticky questions of the board. Um, mm. So there's been a bit of a push to make this permanent. But of course, Jeff Wilson. Um, hero of the small shareholders, amongst yeah, other people, have come out and said, well, you know, this isn't very good because the, board, the boards are censoring our questions. Right. So, well, so, that's true. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I think, that, I think the TACO advert has it best in terms of the soft or the hard, and the, and the little kid says, well, why can't we have both? That's right. Um, why does one rule out the other? And I, I, you know, I would imagine that in these COVID times, and let's face it, we still are, and if you look across the globe, it's very much mm-hmm. in evidence across the globe, we can't relax, then lots of people turning up to an AGM is not a particularly smashing idea. And um, it's good to give people the ability to attend without being there. That's right. So, okay. so I would have thought a combination of the two is, uh, is a really effective way of doing it. And uh, uh, it's good to see Jeff jumping on the bandwagon uh, again um, and, and championing shareholders' rights and getting his face in the paper. But, I, you know, I would have thought for a lot of people going to a virtual AGM is, is, would be a, a major benefit rather than well, jumping I, in for a cup of tea and a biscuit. And even, you know, saying that the questions are being censored, they can still be censored at a... At a, a at a, um, a proper AGM. I think that's right, but I think one of the things is some of these virtual AGMs, the technology doesn't even allow you to ask questions. It's like like viewing things. Yeah, well, I've got to say, having used the technology for webinars 
for um, a thing we do called Ask the Analyst where people can ask me questions. It is quite difficult because the questions do come thick and fast. Other people can't see the questions and the platform we use, which is um, a go-to thing, doesn't um, allow other people to see which questions have been asked. So it really is up to the moderator to to cherry-pick which questions to ask. So I can understand in some ways how Jeff uh, gets gets his position for what he does, but um, mm-hmm. there are other platforms around, but they do, I have to say, probably require the moderator to censor to some extent the, the questions. Um, but yes, so I can see the point. Hmm. And then uh, TPG Telecom is going to launch a 5G wireless network next year? Let's face it, Stephen, that is not as exciting as news that Nokia were going to build a 4G network on the moon. I heard that, but I couldn't understand how they were getting... I, I, I thought it was a joke. I couldn't understand how they were going to get any customers. Well, I had to, I had to check the date, I have to say, because I thought it was April the 1st. <laughs> but they are, they are looking to build a 4G network. I, I think the contract was quite small. I'd imagine the subscriber base up there is pretty small. So, so it's um, true, is it? It is, it is true. I think I think they're being paid. I think it was only twelve million bucks or something to build a four G network on the moon. But this is this is an anticipation of man putting a, a base on the moon, and I guess in true ET fashion, being able to phone home. Um, but yes, I, I guess at the moment we're seeing some advances in in five G. Maybe it's the Apple 5G phone that's pushing, you know, mm-hmm. driving this basket. But you know, it wasn't that long ago that Telstra was telling us all how we'd all be loving 5G and signing up for it. But you know, I've I've yet to see much evidence of that in Telstra numbers. I'm not sure it's going to be the the panacea for the telco industry that they, they're hoping. The investment required is huge, mm-hmm. and the, the the incremental gain for your average user is so limited mm-hmm. that you really won't notice the difference. I mean, if you want to download something and it takes 15 seconds as opposed to 30 seconds, is that really mm-hmm. going to change the, your habits? It will for lots of things in the you know, Internet of Things and all that, self-driving cars, etc., for the latency issues. But um, I guess the, the real key is how, um, how it rolls out and competes with the NBN. And, of course, Telstra can't. They've got a sort of a non-compete mm, um, mm. against the NBN because they supply the copper cables, of course, mm. and they're getting paid for that. Yep. So there's only so much they can do to compete with the NBN, whereas others like TPG, it's fair game. Give it a crack, boys. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go, but the telco sector is rapidly becoming just another you know, it's a utility. Yep. It's not very sexy. Okay. Well, we'll talk next week about uh, something sexy, and, and we'll have the Melbourne Cup over by then, and we'll have the US elections over by then. Mm. Uh, we can only hope, Stephen. I suspect we will not have the uh, US elections over we'll have by the then. Melbourne Cup over there. Well, like, well, I hope that my horse has finished running by then. That's for sure. Oh, it'll be the same <laughs> one. Maybe I, it won't. No doubt, it'll be the same uh, one I've got. Thank <laughs> you, Henry Jennings Thanks, Henry. and Bye. Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Thursday finance and. We're looking now at uh, the inheritance rights of children because so many families, Stephen Pritchard, are mixed these days. Um, yes, yours, mine and ours. Isn't that a great name? It's a good name. Warwick's come up with. Warwick Gilbertson is going to join us from Turnbull Hill Lawyers. Hello to you, Warwick. Hello. How are you both? We're good, Warwick. We're yep. good. I, I, I look through these notes you sent me. 
Yes, I'm, I apologise for the detail, but no, that was not. a paper I presented to lawyers um, <laughs> about this topic. <laughs> yes, so this is a nightmare, I see. So why don't we start with um, who actually, the simple question, of course, who Where? actually are other children? Who are other children? Well, other children, other children and under the terms of what I'm talking about are stepchildren, mm-hmm. Um some people regard adopted children as other children. I don't, and I'll come back to that. Uh, foster children. There are children who were born by um, various forms of artificial um, insemination and other create uh, to bring children into being, and surrogate children. There is various various forms of assisted reproductive technology ab- available these days. Yeah, so I was surprised that foster children fell into the category. <laughs> a it, lot of people are, Stephen. A lot of people are, um, and it's but it's not across the board. Yeah, you I see. Yeah, it varies between state and state, of course. Yeah, we've all become aware of how that variation occurs with COVID nineteen, haven't we? We've suddenly realised that Australia is actually consistent of six different countries who actually got together legally. Mm-hmm. 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 And so we have differences. And so, But in New South Wales, a foster child is, as a member of a household and a dependent person, is able to contest provision in a will under the Succession Act if they're not provided for. Yet, Stephen, under intestacy, if there is not a will, they don't fall within the definition of a child for intestacy purposes and miss out. So they've got no claim if there's a will. Uh, if, if, sorry, there's a will if there's a will, they've name, got a claim. They, and they are not provided for in the will. Yes. They have a... Or the, in intestacy, if they have a right to contest the will. Right. and to seek provision, but they have to show that they were a member of the household and dependent. Right. So so it's all going to come back to um, someone who's fostered for, for a year, say, is going to have a different status to someone who was there for 10 years. Correct. Um, and also you need to look at what we mean by foster children. Yes, um, because um, you can talk about foster children as children who are under the care of the, let's call it the minister, um, because they change the terms, under the care of the minister, and then are placed with you by one of the of the groups or by the uh, government, relevant government department yep. where the parental responsibility is retained by the minister. Yep. However, you can also have orders that are made where you actually receive the parental responsibility of that child through the children's court. And grandparents particularly or family relatives often get those sorts of orders. Right. So the grandparents can be a foster carer as well, can they? Yep. They often are because under the care legislation, um, there is a principle that says you should try and maintain the child um, within the family relationship. Okay. Okay. So uh, I, I thought, yeah, that's unu- uh, different to what I, I thought they would have automatically been in the definition, but anyhow. Um, so, no, so, they aren't. <laughs> no, so, so, so all this is... Um, so so if, there is, if there is no will, who, who actually then falls into the definition of... of a child? Ch- yes. Um, 
natural children, children conceived by artificial um, conception methods um, who, who are regarded under the Status of Children Act um, as a child of a marriage are included. Stepchildren, foster children are excluded. So we do actually have an Act of Parliament called the Status of Children Act, okay. which has pres- parenting presumptions, which people are often not aware of. No, I, I, I hadn't heard of the status for children, but nothing surprised me. <laughs> so, so, so stepchildren aren't, aren't um, automatically... Are not included under intestacy. They are not a child. Okay, so, right. So, so the intestacy legislation is basically where the money goes if you don't leave a will, is it? Where the money goes, it goes to the spouse or spouses, I deliberately use that term, plural, and also amongst the children who are both natural children, if you like, blood children, Mm -hmm. and um, children, and when I talk about blood children, I include adoption, adopted children, and I also include children who under the parenting presumptions in the Status of Children Act um, would be regarded as a child, such as children who are conceived by um, fertilisation procedures. So where you have a woman and a man who um, have a child um, by um, assistance, that child would be regarded as a child of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, near the end, I'll give you an example of where you can have a child with no father under those parenting arrangements, just to confuse you. Uh, so legislation <laughs> draft wrong, is it? <laughs> It just shows you what we do. But to add to the con- um, remember, add to the confusion. I'm not talking. I'm, when you talk about intestacy, you're talking about people's assets that pass, like your house, yep. your car, money in the bank, shares, etc. But under superannuation, yeah, different. it's different, and stepchildren are included. <laughs> Okay, I think we might have a break in coming here about <laughs> and avoiding testacy and talk about drafting the will and how we fix these problems. That's the way to do it, Stephen, <laughs> very much so. On to a new RFM's Thursday Finance, we are plumbing the depths of the legal ideas about children as far as your will is concerned. So, so draft... Warwick, Warwick Gilbertson. So, yes, <laughs> okay. so properly drafting the will. And I'm using the phrase properly here. Properly drafting the will um, will overcome a lot of these problems. Properly the drafting the will will overcome some of these problems. Should if they're done correctly and with an awareness of the facts. What I'm getting at there, Stephen, is this: that. If you are in a situation where you're not quite sure of the status of the person you want to provide for, mm-hmm. that you actually name them, yes, not just name a class, yep, um, because then there's absolutely not a shadow of a doubt that they're going to receive an entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can have situations commonly where someone might come in and say, "I want to leave everything to my children." And you go, well, who are your children? And they list them all off. And then if you do a will that you've probably seen, Stephen, which says to such of my children, yep. as shall survive yep, me, as common, to common yep. in equal shares, yep. person dies and you find out later that one of the children was actually a stepchild and not a blood child. Mm-hmm. What was the intention? Whereas if you named every one of them, not an issue. So you have that, that's a way around it. 
Also, commonly when you have increasingly people who have children through assisted reproduction, yes. and we do actually have circumstances where we have surrogate children, um, then yep. again, if you're not careful, you should, um, when working out whether they fall within the class of being a child, if you've actually named that person, then you get around it. Yeah, so so unless, unless that's quite clear, you, you shouldn't be no longer saying, I leave all of my children equal shares. You've really got to be careful with that. And also, if you're going to be doing wills, Stephen, when you say grandchildren will take their parents' share, yes, you fall back into that definition problem. Yes. And yes. then if you do wills with testamentary trust wills, yes. you also fall into that problem with that potential that something's going to last for 80 years so you need to in wills like that it is very important that you do it properly with full awareness of the circumstances and you define your terms Mm -hmm. so you define who you mean by a child you define who you mean by a partner or spouse Mm -hmm. so if there's ever there's an argument as to entitlement the court looking at it sees the term used how it was defined because otherwise, people who did wills back in 1980 and 1990 mm-hmm. with a definition of a child or a spouse, that's different. That's different to what we call them now. Yes, yes, interesting. So the other thing is, what happens? What happens when you've got cross jurisdictional issues here? Say, 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 you make the will in one jurisdiction and then move to another jurisdiction, and and the children are somewhere else. Um, how, how do you work out which 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 bit of laws apply to all of this? Um, you need to talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Yes. <laughs> so once again, it's not it's easy. A, it's a nightmare, Stephen. Um, as I've indicated here, when you're looking at who's in, who's out, what it is, who can contest, who can't, federally you've got the Family Law Act, the Citizenship Act, the Superannuation Act, State-wise, you've got Succession or Administration Acts, Adoption Acts, Surrogacy Acts, Family Provision Acts, Status of Children's Acts. They vary according to the state. Mm -hmm. And it's one of our issues as a federation. And there's a general consistency, but there are lots of little nuances that you've got to walk through. Okay. Um, And then, of course, we have the complications, as you would be aware, with children... Um, with the implications in the will with children who live overseas or are now classed as foreign persons within yes. New South Wales yes. and the complications that creates, it becomes um, a bit of a nightmare as to who gets what and how much of what. Mm-hmm. So just moving on, what are, the, what are the general factors that people need to show to be able to make a claim on the, on the, on the estate? if they're kind of left out of the will? Well, first of all, they've got to be found to be eligible according to which state they happen to be in. But generally, that will be um, members of the household, um, children and um, natural children, um, members of the household who are dependent and spouses. Mm -hmm. And they have to show, first of all, they're eligible. Then they've got to show, and I'm being, I'm really being very, I'm paraphrasing here, Stephen. They've got to show a need. 
that provision needed to be made. So if you happen to be a child, take for example, who's extremely well off. Yes. Um, why would the parent be obligated to provide for you? Okay, so you're taking into account your status as well. So if you've got one child who's very well off and the other's, you know, living hand to mouth and the parent leaves all the money to the hand to mouth, that's maybe okay. The well off child may struggle to be able to okay. challenge that. Okay, well, we're kind of running out of time. So, so I think the lesson to this is um, if, if you're going to make a will, you need to go and get some expert advice uh, and consider it a lot more carefully than you did in the past. It's a lot more than just uh, um, the $50 one down at the $50 down the road. The, uh, that's just asking for trouble. Okay. Well, Stephen, could I just leave one very little interesting thing as a tidbit, which I said yes. I would do, that you could actually have at the end of the day a child who had no father. Yes. Um, just a little thing. You can have a, a sperm donor... In the, is generally regarded as the husband. I'm mean, using the term in inverted yes, yes. Um, commas there. Um, and a woman, they can implant and have an embryo which is stored. Yes. At then, when if the husband, in inverted commas, is no longer the husband, yes. when the woman becomes pregnant as a result of the implant, implement, implantation of the embryo, yes. the sperm donor is not the father of the resulting child. Ah. Oh, that so is you end up in New South Wales under the Status of Children Act with a child with a mother but no father. Well, Warwick Gilbertson, thank you for opening up this can of worms. <laughs> Very much from Turnbull Hill Lawyers and thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thursday Finance for today. Thanks, Warwick. Back next Thursday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.